you are on a podcast as well. If you're on podcast, you're not going to see my little wand around my house. Because when Mark's uh, doing this with me, he won't let me ever show you that. Because <laughs> it's always a tip. I don't know why. But um, I just thought I'd do a little bit of that. Because there's just so much perfection everywhere, isn't there? There's just too much. And it, and it plays with our minds. And it messes us up. So this is behind the scenes of uh, coffee moaning. Want to see this one in here? <laughs> I better be careful because I'm going to cut myself off. So just thought I'd give you a little spool around. This is the... Well, what is this? <laughs> I had another clear out. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's behind the scenes. <laughs> if you're listening on podcast, you can always have a look at us over on YouTube. Good morning, everybody. Nadia, I have an ADHD question I'd like to ask you. Fire away, and I'll try to see you pop up. Fire away. This is because I did an ADHD coffee moaning yesterday. To be quite honest, I just couldn't face the news. Um, I woke up this morning and um, felt terrible again. Felt so discombobulated. Felt miserable. Felt stressed. Felt anxious. Um... And so I made myself make time. I was really busy this morning. Made myself make time and did my yoga lesson. And oh my God, it did help a lot, but I can just feel it all rising again in my chest. And I just feel, oh, my parents are flying off to Jordan tomorrow. And <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm not over the moon about that, as you can imagine. Um, so, yeah, so what I'm going to do, I am going to talk a little bit about uh, the, the Gaza-Israel situation because I want to I wanna just draw your attention to something, but I'm not going to do that until the end. I'll tell you why, because I think a lot of people don't want to engage with what's going on, and that's fair enough. And I think some people are triggered by it and get upset by it. And so I'm just going to put it at the end rather than the beginning so that if you don't want to listen, you don't have to listen. Um, but I really, really want to share with you for those that do something that I read this morning that I thought was incredibly powerful and quite frankly, terrifying. Terrifying. And I think that yeah. So anyway, I'll save that for the end. Right. So, um, first of all, did anyone see? We need to have a bit of fun with this. Did anyone see? Apparently it's gone viral now, though. Has it reached 13 million? Because we now have a viral video on Instagram. And as I was just saying over on Instagram, I'm now sick of it because I can't turn the notifications off and everything I'm doing, my fans go bing, bing. It's like we're over it now. It's like, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So anyway, apparently this video has gone viral. I don't know if anybody saw it. Of course, if Mark was here and we had all his brilliance, we could have a stream yard and we could watch it. But um, basically, this was um, a presenter, Pam Caulfield, uh, delivering the news bulletin on Points West on Sunday. <laughs> and then... At the end, 
<coughs> you know, yes, doo -doo -doo -doo. she was going like this, <laughs> right? She had a computer, but she was going as fast as this. You've got to watch the clip. It's so funny. She's totally faking it. She's not doing anything. And there's really funny comments. People like, hmm, I wonder what she's writing there. <laughs> Love the way her fingers start moving before they get to the keyboard. <laughs> Everyone's pretending to work at 4pm on a Friday. <laughs> um, it is so funny, so funny. Uh, fake skills. Uh, but anyway, so eventually she answered the critics. And I love this woman. But she uh, uploaded a photograph of herself on um, Twitter with a key, with this little key piano going, I also can play the piano. <laughs> oh, God. Morning, Lee. Cha-cha-cha. Now, Lee, are we on for tomorrow? Can we announce it? Yes, I am on Loose Women this week. I'm on on Thursday and Friday. Oh, am I on on Friday? Oh, you won't see me on Friday. I'm pre-recording on Friday. We're on. Cha-cha-cha. So Lee is going to join me tomorrow for Coffee Moaning. And I'm letting him edit it. So he's going to be the editor. He's going to choose the stories. He's he's a very smart guy, so I, shall, I have my complete faith in him. But of course, it could all go terribly tits up. So do join us tomorrow for uh, Coffee Moaning and follow Lee on It's Lee Pitt on Instagram. So, um, oh, quickly, before I forget, um, we want to read out comments on um, the Curly Cooks um, this Saturday, which is going to be out in the evening. It's a pre-record. It's really lovely Curly Cooks, a bit of special Curly Cooks. And um, we really want you to tell us about your your memories of mince pies what you love about mince pies what sh do you like shop bought do you like um homemade any memories of anybody making you mince pies when do you first have a mince pie anything about mince pies because we want to read out the comments i'll put a link where will i put a link i haven't got a link i have to ask michelle to find a link to put under here but i'm also going to post it on my instagram so you can answer there because i want to read out some of your comments um <clears throat> morning janine amory family guest oh i just realized i'm not even on my on the youtube thing oh god guys you do, it makes me really appreciate mark honestly all this nonsense i just sit there wittering on he does all this nonsense so um yeah any good faking it at work stories lee i bet you've got some good faking it at work i suppose my best faking it at work was um though there are in fact when i think about it because i sort of fell into presenting i always have felt that because i got into presenting just after um just after i left eastenders and i always felt like a terrible imposter syndrome so I used to, I actually know I remember, like when I first, when I finally agreed to do the job, because I kept turning it down, because I didn't, I thought I was going to be shit. I did do this <laughs> a few times. So me and Dean used to play in newsreaders like this all the time when we were kids. Shuffling, shuffling. I bet, how often do you think the newsreaders are actually giggling when they do that shuffling? 
So any good stories on how you fake it? Any good stories from anyone on something that you've really faked at work? Got caught out? Anything? Fakers! Don't worry if not. So yeah, so do send in those messages. I can see some of you sending them in now. I don't know if they'll... Oh, Michelle's putting a link. Thank you, Michelle. Michelle is putting a mince pie link underneath here. So some mince pie comments. And Michelle... You better be coming around very bloody soon for some mince pies. You are by the end of this live. I want you to have texted me with some dates. Um, thank you, Faith. Your home is real life, not fake Instagram. That's for sure. Though I do try to do fake Instagram. I really do. I've done, I've cleared up my laundry to the point of Instagram. Except it doesn't look nice. It's totally tidy, but it doesn't look beautiful. There's not, I couldn't put music to it. Put it that way. If I, if I spun around my laundry room, there'd be nothing that I would settle upon. There'd be no like engraving of anything. It's just like, but it's tidy. Uh, Tina Davis is so glad she caught this live. You could change your mind about that. <laughs> you know how often it goes tits up when I'm in charge. Um, okay, so people might have fake stories, but again, I can't get the the comments to go up and down. I don't know what I do. I don't know what I do wrong. See, I click on it and then I get all these stupid questions that I don't want. Ah! Okay, I'm not going to do that. Nearly lost everything then. Um. Oh, I see you on Friday then. Are you there for the day? Um. Michelle, I can't get the comments to go up and down. They're not going up and down. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Um, okay, so we need mince pies all year round, says Linda Tyler. Yeah. Uh, why? What's wrong with Lee? What do you mean? I hope you're okay with Lee. What's happened with Lee? What's happened with Lee? And which Lee? Working on a checkout in a supermarket, you had to be happy no matter what was happening at home. Bail it well. That is like being a blimmin' TV presenter, isn't it? <laughs> It's the same. It's like, you've always got to be smiling. I remember once when I stood in for Lorraine. I used to st I used to stand in for Lorraine quite often, actually. And then I hadn't stood in for her for, for ages. And then they just asked me to do it. And I was a bit like, oh, God. Because you know me, I don't like doing things on my own. But I said yes. But I, was, I didn't realise it. But I was bang in the middle of um, menopause hell. Of course, at that time, I didn't realise it was menopause. And... Um, I literally, my brain was complete and utter fog. And I think it made it onto YouTube, me fucking up over and over again. And I had to keep smiling. And inside I was literally, I was dying. I was crying. I, inside I was crying my eyes out, just wanting to run out of that bloody studio. So that was a major fake hit. Sometimes when I've had a massive row with Mark just before Lou Swim and I have to go and go... <laughs> <laughs> smooth brain to the kills kids call it now what faking it smooth brain is that what are you referring to that or something else Je ne sais pas. okay so um what else strictly star quits now most of the uh, papers do uh, refer to amanda abington leaving strictly in that way some of them say she withdraws. And, you know, language is a powerful thing, isn't it? And it's like, 
Uh, oh, I really hope Lee is still here. Lee, are you still here? Because you are the only other person I know that 100% agrees with me on this. Lee and I have no shame in quitting. In fact, I revel in quitting. Um, and But it's interesting <clears throat> that all the papers are put in quit because quit has such a negative connotation, doesn't it? It's like... I mean, I don't know Amanda Abington well, but I did a show with her once and she was so funny. It was one of these game shows. What's that thing? Say what you see, say what you see. And she was saying, I am so competitive. It's unbelievable. I was like, oh my God, really? I said, I'm not at all. <laughs> We're perfect. And uh, I really liked her. And she was a very, she's feisty. I watch her on Instagram and she's like, I love her. And... Um, there will be, you know, her own reasons, whatever they are, for, for, for pulling out of um, Strictly. But quitting always suggests that there was something, you know, wrong with you. That we're supposed to push through whatever that is. And, you know, I've, Kay and I have this argument all the time because Kay, like, never quits. She never, ever quits. And sometimes I look at her and I really, really admire it, the way she doesn't give up on some stuff. And I'm like, my God, that's amazing. If it wasn't for you and if it wasn't for you sticking at it in that way, da-da-da. But I'm all right with quitting. I, I don't feel a failure anymore if I quit. Because I've always been I've always been like that. It's like if I really hate something or I'm not enjoying something, <clears throat> take reading, for instance. If I really hate a book and I'm quarter of the way through it, I'll just stop. I just won't read it anymore because it's so hard to find time to read. Why am I going to read a book that I hate? And um, and but lots of people will see that as the ultimate quitting. How could you do that? It's like because I'm not having a good time. Because I'm not enjoying it. I'm not entertained by it. I'm not learning anything by it. It's not shifting my opinion on anything. So I'm not going to read it. But it is amazing how many people would not dream of, of not finishing a book. I mean, it was like when I got kicked out of um, ice, the ice show thing in the first week. I was over the moon. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was horrible thinking that people didn't like me enough to, to, to vote for me. Horrible. And I was upset about that. I thought, oh, God, nobody likes me. But I wasn't, I was so glad I didn't have to challenge myself anymore because I really, really hated being on the ice and it was really scary. And I just didn't want to fall over and break any bones. But it was like, that would be seen as, oh, bad, bad. Quitting. Quitting. I think sometimes it can be really bad for, for mental health as well, that idea that one should never give up. Because sometimes you have to give up and then people feel like they're these massive failures. Um, Jill Kelly, I think quitting is a positive thing. You took the decision, move on to something else. There you go. There you go. So what about this, right? I was quite good at running at school and then one day it was sports day, right? And I was running this race. <laughs> And then I just suddenly thought, why am I doing this? <laughs> I'm not sporty. And I just stopped. And everyone was just horrified. But I mean, 
difference did it make to the world or to myself? Me just going, why am I doing this? I think Kay and Jane almost didn't want to be my friend anymore when I told them that. And it, the other day I was saying in Loose Woman Meeting and just everyone just went, and it's never quite, everyone. Oh God, that sounded like a fight, wasn't it? It was something strange the dog was doing. Everyone just went totally silent. <laughs> just like totally silent. Because it was just, stopped halfway through a race. Um... My blind cheat, Alfie, says staying in something that's not right or not working is worse than, than leaving. There you go. See, you're my kind of people. You're my people. But I have to say, the world is made up of different people and that's what makes it a merry place to be and a merry-go-round. So whatever floats your boat. I know. Can you imagine Kelly Holmes if she, if she ever heard that? <laughs> uh, somebody's got silent disapproval there. Yeah, I think Mark gets it with me because he's not a quitter, obviously. Um, but I've made peace with myself. Um, we're just going to have a little look, little look through Britney Spears' book that was released, that was published today. Oh dear, I've forgotten what it's called now. Get back to the top. Oh, what's it called? Uh, the Ten Most Shocking, The Woman in Me. The memoir, The Woman in Me. First of all, is anyone going to buy it? Exactly, Elsa Pop. I always think life is too short to do something you don't enjoy. Has anyone said, I want to use that, uh, there's that voiceover, isn't there, on Instagram, where it said, people ask me what I'm going, oh, actually, I'm not going to try and do it. I'm going to do it on Instagram so you can watch it because I love it, I love it, I love it. Um, uh, I'm the biggest Britney fan I've ever, everything she's ever released so it's out today have you bought it bailey um now I, I really i mean i didn't i didn't grow up thinking oh i love britney britney and i didn't buy her tunes and all of that but you play me a britney tune and i'm always gonna love it and then when she came on loose women years ago i literally wanted to cuddle her up and just take her home and, you know, say, it's all right, stay with me, let's have a chat. Now, I knew nothing of the conservatorship there. I didn't know, I didn't think there was anything bad going on. I just felt like she was just, she was so sweet. And she had this, like, fragility about her. And we had had very, very strict instructions on how we could ask questions and what questions she could ask. So, you know, I'm going to be honest, when you're, when you're, you know, a presenter, you're a bit like, oh, God, because you think, well, how's this going to go? It's not going to be very natural. It's not going to be very... And so a little part of me was like, God, is she, like, that careful with everything she said? And, of course, now, when you look back, you think, bloody hell, she probably wanted to say all sorts of things, but she was under this conservatorship. conservatorship. Um, and um, I just... Yeah, so I, I've just felt so, so, so sorry for her ever since. You know, like I say, it's like looking back into the dark ages, the way that she was treated with that and the, the way that her mental health was just, you know, used to, well, her, her struggle with her mental health was used to, to manipulate her, in my opinion. 
yes, this book, uh, well, you know, the mail has done its usual kind of mail thing, 10 most shocking revelations. Um, but it's always also a person's life, you know. So she talks about, and I wonder how this will go down for her. She talks about having an abortion at home when she was just 19. And she took the abortion pills and she had this agonising abortion um, while Justin Timberlake played his guitar. Um, but presumably, I suppose, to kind of soothe her, get it through it. They're two, like, very, very famous people. And as I've said before, Perez said to me that... that Britney is truly, truly someone that is traumatised by fame like no other famous person. And I think that that's true. And I think that Justin Timberlake, you know, was also, you know, they were very young, these people. Just like you cannot imagine what it is like to, to have massive fame. I remember when I was in EastEnders and I, jo I joined, you know, I, I was much older and I'd done a lot of like theatre and I'd, I'd, I, I was very sort of grounded in myself. And then I would watch these younger people come in and, um, you know, I'd feel so sorry for them because they weren't really getting any guidance and just really quickly they were gobbled up into the world of fame and money and it, they, you know, at that time, Young boys, if they came to the show, became so famous and so adored. And, you know, you can't help but get a skewed look at the world, you know. And then you've got a lot of people making money out of you, so they're all really protective of their asset, you know. So, you know, whether it's Justin, whether it's her, whether it's any of these people that she talks about, it's very easy to stand back and go, God, well, they had all that money and they had all that fame, but also they had all that money and they had all that fame. And it is not... And I would never want that kind of adoration, that that fame, that level of money. I, I would not desire that in any way because it is not what it seems to be, honestly. I've seen so many people suffer under it um, and I'm very glad to be a Z-list celebrity. I'm very happy sitting just at the bottom of the pond. <laughs> So I can have all my shit behind me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so she talks about this abortion. And that I do really worry about her for that because, you know, like she said, she comes from a religious family. She was brought up that that was... I, I just worry in America with the insanity over there that so many Americans seem to believe that a woman's body has got nothing actually to do with her and that other people should make decisions about it. So I do worry about her with that. Because, you know, I mean, at the moment, she's, you know, she's had this marriage breakup. What a time for the book to come out. Apparently, she doesn't, she speaks fondly of her husband in the book. Um, I don't know whether whether it was all finished before the divorce. Um, but so that's nice. That's, that's not feeling uh, toxic. She talks about the fact that uh, Justin Timberlake dumped her by uh, text. She also talked, she also... Though I thought she'd already uh, admitted to this, but it says Britney finally admits to cheating on Justin. These were children, you know, they were children. <sighs> you know, who is in a totally monogamous relationship when you're like basically under 20? Um, <clears throat> so she has admitted to uh, cheating on Justin. What well, did she not already do that? I thought we knew that. Maybe not. 
Um, she has a good old go at Christine Aguilera, Aguilera for um, um, doing the front cover with ex Justin. And you can hear that there's a lot of pain in that. That must have been agony. You know what it's like when your friend like flirts a bit with your ex? Well, imagine that but on the front of the Rolling Stone, done up to the nine. She also talks about, which I found really sad, how that she felt really... Um, where does it say this? Yeah, that how um how jealous she felt through her conservatorship when she saw her peers out, you know, drinking, having fun. Because with her conservatorship, she couldn't drink either, and she wanted to get wild and she wanted to create, get crazy. She wanted to have those years. It's a bit a teeny, not in anything like what she went through, but. You know, when you talk to young people in that two years of the, almost two years of the pandemic, being locked in, not being able to fly, not being able to take risks and make bad decisions and all of that, everything controlled, just horrific. Um, she also talked about shaving her head, um, which I still cannot believe how, how... The world reacted to that. Again, we don't like women doing, looking after their own bodies, do we, and making their own choices. Um, she said, shaving my head and acting out were my, my ways of pushing back. Um, she was, you know, I'd been eyeballed so much growing up. I'd been looked up and down, had people telling me what they thought of my body since I was a teenager. Shaving my head and acting out was my way of pushing back well. But my God, that is still... The fact that people laughed about that and... You know, I mean, when you think about it, she's had this... She had this abortion at 19, at home, no support, couldn't go to hospital. Then she had postnatal depression after she had her babies. It's so tough, so, so tough. I am going to buy... I am going to buy this book because I would like to buy the book just to give her that support because I'd love for it to do really well for her. Um... She talks about how she uh, gave up her freedom with the conservatorship so that she could see her sons. And doesn't that just break your heart now when you think she doesn't see them? Oh, my God. I wish somebody could help with that situation. Um, she also talks about a time when... Uh, she doesn't name them, but uh, the male do. They say it was Jonathan Rosho where she did actually try to talk about the conservatorship, but it was cut, it was edited out. And more than likely, when we think about how strict everything was when she came on Lucy Women, more than likely it was probably an agreement in her being on the show that certain things weren't said, because, of course, they had complete control, didn't they? Um, she really lays into her sister, calls her a little bitch, apparently, um, but she is trying to find compassion and understanding she um, is, you, you know, not happy with her mum at all. She talks about her mum. So there is all the stuff, all the stuff that has been up for question. She addresses it all, which I suppose, you know, let's hope it is cathartic to her. Let's hope, because it must be so difficult, people constantly guessing what is going on in your life and writing about it and the need to just say, well, actually, this is what's going on. But I fear that it won't, it will just continue on for her and won't, um, you know, yeah. 
I think it just opens up even more um, debate about her life and it's her life. Leave her alone. Right. Okay. So we're nearly done. And anybody that is like, that doesn't want to hear anything about Israel and Gaza, um, you can say ta-da now because that's why I've done it at the end, just in case nobody, you know, just in case somebody doesn't want to hear about stuff. Before I read this out, I couldn't quite believe this when I read this this morning. So first of all, um, every day I struggle with what I might or might not say. I struggle with not being a politician and not being a journalist and worrying about saying something that could turn somebody the wrong way. I feel a weight of responsibility. Put it that way. But more and more, I'm feeling the weight of responsibility as a mum, as a human being, as, uh, as, as a mixed Arab-British person. Um, yeah. There have been very many conversations within our family, as you can imagine. We've almost thought about nothing else. My parents fly back to Jordan uh, this week, and I'm really worried about that. And I'm very, very engaged in it. And I think that the mainstream media is very, 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 very skewed to the Israeli government. Now, hear what I say there, Israeli government. Because I don't think it's particularly skewed to the Israelis whose um, loved ones are in Gaza, kidnapped in Gaza, okay? So I'm going to just mention this first before then I talk about Palestinians. Imagine if you have got loved ones in Gaza, right, kidnapped, and your government is blanking bombing 24 hours a day, it feels like, 24 hours a day. I mean, we're seeing, aren't we? If anyone's off mainstream media at all and watching anything else, you will see the devastation of Gaza. How must it feel for those Israelis whose loved ones are in Gaza? How do you feel about your government doing that? Because it, it seems insane to me. It really seems insane. So that's what I would say. And my heart breaks. I cannot imagine what that is like, seeing that and knowing that your loved ones have been kidnapped and are in there, right? So that's what I'm going to say first, as a mum, as a human being, with my heart aches. Now, as a mum who doesn't only love my children, but loves all children, I want to talk about the fact that 50% of the population in Gaza are, are under 15, right? I won't share the clips that I see of the terrible trauma and, and injury that I'm seeing because I don't think that's my place. I really don't think it's my place. And also, I, I, you don't want to trigger people and upset people. And I think everybody knows how to find other news channels and see other, other things if they want to. Um, 
I am so, so worried at the moment that the world is going to bitterly regret what they are witnessing, what they are supporting, because I believe that they're not going to stop until Gaza is, is, is gone, right? So today, I follow somebody called Sean King, who has really taken up the cause of uh, the Palestinians. And he posted this. And I actually, even though I know it's true, I had to read it over and over again and then check the dates and check because this is what is being said in the press and on the news. And how come our governments and our... How come they're not responding to this? You know, Sean King says, look at these quotes and ask yourself why these quotes in essence with the top officials in Israel openly admitting war crimes are not in the American media. He's American, Sean King, but I would say also in, in the British media. media. Um, so I just wanted to read... Oh, hang on. Hang on. Oh, my God. Have I lost it now? Hang on one second. Oh. Ah! Hang on. Oh, no, I can't read it. I've done something weird. Just one second. <laughs> okay. So this is Simchar Rothman, Religious Zionist Party Deputy, October the 13th on a television interview, Channel 11. My goal is the destruction of Hamas. There is a simple test for this, with God's help, if a Jewish child can walk alone through Gaza, if Gaza still exists. This is Yitzhak Herzog, President of Israel. This is a press conference in front of the international press. It is an entire nation who are responsible. This rhetoric about civilians supposedly not being involved is absolutely untrue and we will fight until we break their backs. This is Yoav Gallant, Defence Minister of Israel, October the 9th in a televised address. There will be no electricity, no food, no fuel. Everything is closed. We are fighting animal people and we are acting accordingly. 50% of them are children. Just that I added that, he didn't add that. Ariel Kana, Kalna, Israeli politician of the Likud party. Sorry, I don't know these, so I don't, uh, if I'm pronouncing them wrongly, I apologise. October the 7th on Twitter, now known X. Now there is only one goal, Nakba, which in brackets, expulsion of the Palestinians. A Nakba in Gaza that will dwarf the Nakba of 1948. Benjamin Netanyahu, Israeli Prime Minister, October the 8th, television speech. We will turn Gaza into an island of ruins. 
Daniel Hagari, Israeli army spokesman, October the 10th in Haratz newspaper. We are dropping hundreds of tons of bombs on Gaza. The focus is on destruction, not accuracy. How, so Daniel Hagari, how do you explain that? If not to the innocent Palestinians, how do you explain that to the Israeli families whose loved ones are, are kidnapped in Gaza? Because we know that the million or so children is irrelevant, but what about your people that are in Gaza? That is all being said out in the open. I mean, do you not, do we worry that the world will say we stood by and witnessed something that they told us they were doing? They told us. This is on Twitter. This is on, on the news. This is in, in newspaper, Channel 11, da, da, da. And like, last I looked, though maybe things have changed, and I looked earlier this morning, there is no call for a ceasefire. Anyway, that's what I just thought I'd read that about. Just let people just see what they think. So, at Sean King is a, um, he is a civil rights campaigner. He's a quite extraordinary chap, actually. He, um, he was nearly killed by white supremacists himself years and years when he was a teenager, I think. He lives in constant chronic pain. He's an extraordinary guy. Um, and he's usually, you know, mostly, he fights for um, rights of, um, Americans, African-Americans, but he's, he's taken on this, this cause and he is posting every day. I will say that I will probably never recover from what I've seen. Um, and it goes into your soul, you know, and also all my family looking at, at, at it. And I, I really worry about the whole world just standing by when there's just people are just admitting that they are violating all the <clears throat> all the international laws, um, calling them animals, calling them all Hamas. Come on, come on. No, anyway. As I say, I cannot imagine the pain of having a family member of mine kidnapped and hidden away in Gaza, and my government bombing me. And also, I can't imagine the horror of night and day, those bombs going when your your house is going to come down, your job's going to come down, you're going to lose, you, you might lose your four children, you might lose your grandmother, you might... It, as, as the world, we have to say, please, can we just stop? Is there any way we could just stop? 
Anyway, hit the subscribe button and notification bell. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. It's just automatic. Um, but if you want to follow Sean King, um, actually, I'm going to post some links to some um, different Instagram news things that I've been following. There's some amazing um, Israeli Jews as well. That just, I, it makes me just weep when I see like the 10,000 Jews and Arabs outside Congress, you know, marching and pulling together and saying, no, there are so many voices in uh, the Jewish community just asking for, you know, humanity and a pause. And, and that, when, you, when I see that, I see hope because that's what it could be like. That's what it could be like. That's what it could be like. But if we don't stop, and also the fragility of the whole of that part of the world is just so scary, isn't it? And yeah. So my parents will be back in Jordan very soon. And oh, the pull is very deep. <laughs> anyway. I hope I didn't offend anybody. I work very hard not to offend anybody, but I also just really had to say something today. Love you lots. Speak to you soon.